This is like the Mr. Beastification of sports. If you command attention, we talk. this is why I wish Jack was here. This is right down to me. If you command attention, you do whatever you want, right? And the reality, there's only half a dozen of people like this in the entire world. It is a whole new paradigm. It is insane. But whereas Michael Jordan, people followed on him. Like there's been dozens of athletes that got have comparable, not comparable, but like have tried to get a Jordan type package. And they have, they've got paid. Uh, uh, to get uh, a piece of the uh, the merch pie, uh, uh, some equity. But like this example with the media rights, which sits above the leagues, like paying directly into that guy. Yeah, it's a one of one, man. Maybe one of three. All right, welcome to another episode of No Investment Advice. We've got Trung and Bilal here. Summer season, Trung, what's going on? Unfortunately, Jack could not join us today at a last guys, minute. We're going to be together in the same, yeah. we're going to be back. We're there's making it happen. There's going to be been some like a month, conspiracy right? theories coming up, like all in yeah, pod yeah, style. Basically, <laughs> Jack and Trung aren't getting on. That's why it's only Jack or no, Trung we, and we Jack and Bilal. We've been dog. Well, here's the thing. Bilal's been the only person since day one that's done every single podcast. Like, this is... Yeah, and that's like, what we got to do. is the workhorse here. You got, and, the, uh, you got the handheld Bilal today. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Well, guys, I, I just, just want to jump on here. Me and Bilal before this uh, uh, recording... We're just being real. It's summer, man. Like, summer hours, like, nobody wants to do shit. Like, <laughs> well, you know, this is fan service. Like, there we not, go. Not P-H-A-N, F-A-N. There we, we go. We know we got a lot of listeners that you guys have been supporting us with your attention and your time and your love. And, uh, you know, we, we ain't going to stop. Blah, ain't going to stop. We're here, So man. we're here in the dog days of the summer <laughs> delivering Sweating. 60 to 70 minutes of content. <laughs> Blau's in Lisbon right now. I He's know. in an Airbnb rental. that has no AC. He's cooking. There's He's no cooking. AC. There legit is There's no, no AC. AC. They don't do ACs in Europe, as you know. I'm jet lagged, but I'm working time. on two liters of coffee, which was I'm wired right now. And oh. uh, I just got back from Athens and uh, UK, uh, UK London. Blau yeah. probably mentioned last week. Uh, Blah. I mentioned the dad drinking. The dad yeah, well, drink. you got to say exactly what you said. You nailed it, man. What, what, what was exactly? No, it's like not just you, but uh, all jokes aside, it's like one of my really one, one of my best friends, Marcus. Every time I meet him, it's like a five p.m. Like he's three, four drinks in by five forty-five, and I'm like ordering guacamole and chips or something, and <laughs> and like a sparkling water, and he's like, I've got to get back for six fifteen, relieve the nanny, and I'm Bro, like, I get you it. You understand, man? Like, got to do it. So. I'm going to tell the listeners. Well, okay, first of all, before I tell the listeners uh, on my side of the story of us meeting in London about 10 <laughs> days ago, why don't you tell them what we have up for today's episode? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, less, uh, less banter because I've got a comment on that from a, a friend of mine as well. So, we're going to talk Reddit protest. Uh, 6,000 communities have gone dark. Quite an interesting moment in internet history. We'll talk about yeah. that. Then Messi joining the MLS had us, had us changing sports forever or not changing at all. And uh, kind of my framing around that is really the American capitalism of sports uh, model versus like Saudi state money. And like there's some very interesting examples with other players like Ronaldo and Benzema have just gone there. So we'll talk a little bit about that and how that came to be. And then we've got a special fun fact, man, 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. We'll be breaking that down from Such Trump. Such an important movie. Uh, oh, incredible. But, uh, incredible. but go on, hey, let's hear the London yeah, so hot take. <laughs> so me and, so there's no pressure, right? There's literally no pressure because we're both traveling. I got my wife and kids. And yeah. as I discussed on the show before, I got a schedule around their lives, right? Of course. And like, you you know, in marriages, long-term relationships, you're negotiating things. So like, when Life's I say pitch, I want to meet up, the... right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the caveat. That's the preamble. Like when I say I want to meet up with the boys, like, like Blau was thinking, because I met Blau's partner, Melina, which is amazing. And, uh, but like in his mind, he's like, oh, cool. Meet up with Trong uh, in my old stomping grounds. He picked a place. I don't know where it was. Uh, what was it called? Soho. Piccadilly we're in Soho, yeah. Soho, Soho, yeah. But in my mind, like Bilal kind of hinted at it. I'm just like, okay. I got like a two-hour window to get gassed. <laughs> so do I, it, rolled, bro. Yeah. I rolled to this spot. And like I had a, and on the way I had a drink. I'm like, okay, I got to get a drink in there. <laughs> I, I didn't know that as well. Yeah. I'm like, I got to get a drink in on the way while I'm on the tube because it's going to take me 20 minutes to get there. So I need to get a little bit of that juice flowing. So when I see Bilal, 
I just get, ready I can, to go. I can sink three or four drinks and then be gone in 90 minutes. And then, yeah, did you get the shawarma on the way home? That was part of the plan. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. I, I was staying in Knightsbridge for all the London cats that listen to this. Fancy. And, uh, Fancy I got fan. Off at the, I got off at the Knightsbridge stop and uh, got a shawarma. I rolled up to the shawarma shop. It's actually closing. Then like, sorry, sorry, we're closed. But then I saw the chicken spinning thing. I'm like, I see a chicken spinning thing. Can you can you just give me whatever is on the that? Mystery I don't even meat. care. I don't care if it's 15 hours old. Give it to me. They're like, okay, sure. Here's three That's pounds. That's what you got to do. And then I hit McDonald's, which is right next door to the shawarma place. So As I had you a do. Nice, you got to get the yeah. cultural cultural favorites cultural. in. But yeah, there you go, man. Uh, great to meet. Uh, great to that see fun, you again. Man. We no, see it's each other weird. in all I the say major it's, it's cities. A, someone asked me the other day, yesterday, actually, because I said uh, we're doing the pod today and... Uh, he was like, what's it like to meet in person? Because you guys speak all the time. And I was like, it's, it's funny because the first like 10 minutes, you're just trying to place that person as being a real person, like 3D person. You're like, wow, they've got ears and a nose and hands like everyone else. And then within like 12 minutes, you're just talking like this, right? Because we're well, used Apple to talking. Well, the Apple Vision Pro is going to fix all exactly. this, buddy. <laughs> we're going to have back. presents. <laughs> we're going to look. Well, you know, I never had a chance to talk about the Pro. We don't need to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. But uh, dude, amazing. Uh, let's get right into it. Let's do it. Stuff. Why don't you give the top level stuff? I think we can do Reddit first, right? I think the yeah, yeah, M- yeah. message or MLS is probably my favorite topic of the three, but we'll save that for next one. So Reddit, from what I could see, um, there's been protests. Over 6,000 communities have gone dark. Uh, there was an app called Apollo. This is why, why um, it's happened. So from my understanding, they have changed the rules of how APIs are accessed or the, the kind of model around APIs. And there's a third party app called Apollo, which a lot of like power users and mods are using. They, they seem to love it. Um, and the kind of TLDR there is that that person who, who made that app is like an indie developer. He probably makes about 500 grand a year from it. It's, you know, good living, but it's not like this guy's balling out crazy. Um, and with the changes they've made to the API, it would now cost him, I think, like $20 million a year or something like that in the API costs. Um, it also seems like it's similar to what Twitter did in a way. I think there's some parallels. Because, Very similar, yeah. Yeah, and that that's and so that was the kind of big protest. A lot of people were, you know, supporting. It seems like him. His name's Christian Selig, or that's his Twitter handle at least. Um, and yeah, so that that's kind of what I got from it. And people are basically protesting that. I think the CEO kind of did an AMA. And, and like, I didn't get to read the full AMA or see anything. But yeah, did I miss anything, Trung? What else did you take from your side? Yeah, he did the AMA, Steve Hoffman, and uh, it, it, it was considered quite tone deaf. And um, I read some of the responses. I mean, he was just curt. Like, he's very straightforward. But one of the most famous answers from the AMA that kind of made the rounds on Twitter was, he's like, hey, he just told the AMA that uh, uh, the crowd is like, listen, we need to do this with the API because we're not a profitable company. And it's like a lot of these third-party apps are profitable. Like they're literally like, they're they're kind of just riding our coattails, right? And you kind of mentioned in the 50,000-foot level is that the reason they're making these API changes is similar to Twitter. Uh, I mean, Twitter is because Elon is trying to find all these different avenues of making money other than advertising. Blau's spoken a lot about brand advertising. Do you know Reddit is largely brand or direct? I don't, I don't know. I've actually used Reddit ads before, and they actually worked better than I thought. But I don't actually know. I, I, I think it's closer to direct response, like less brand. Um, uh, m- most of these platforms you can always do both, but I don't actually know the breakdown okay. of the dollars spent there. Yeah. But the whole point is like it's an it's an ad based platform. It's an right? ad based platform, they, yeah. And you can normally target had- by like certain, you know, the subreddit. So you can say. I want to target the photography subreddit or like people interested in that sort of stuff. Which is actually probably why direct response actually works. Works pretty well. well Yeah. 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 To your point is, uh, you know, and and they're similar. And we've talked ad nauseum over the past year about how the digital ad market has taken, hit the shitter is a combination of the recession and Apple's app tracking transparency change. And, you know, Reddit wanted to go public. They had plans to go public last year before the market tanked. Uh, It's an ad-based business. Uh, Twitter, uh, Snap, which is the most comparable to Reddit in size and uh, advertising revenue, um, they all took 50% plus uh, revenue dives. Um, so I think Steve Hoffman was basically, you know, he's been mentioning this and is on the tails of, uh, you know, we talked about the stuff Elon's done at Twitter, uh, firing 
60, 70, 80% of the company, uh, trying to find new revenue streams, cutting off the API or, or, or putting a price tag on it, uh, um, the verification subscription stuff. It's like all these other social networks are trying to do that, right? They're realizing that like, it's not just this digital ad market in tough times, everybody's just going to go to Facebook and Google. That, 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 was that probably right, Bilal? It's like, if you're cutting yeah. your budget, you're going to stick to Facebook and Google, Yeah, right? they're the two core ones, so you probably won't cut all, even those will get cut budget-wise, but not like completely most of the time. Yeah. So Jack Dorsey was actually on Breaking Point's YouTube channel yesterday, and they asked him about, it was the first time publicly on, a, on like a podcast or TV show, he was asked about uh, Elon Musk. And he said, listen, like Twitter's business, like we were gonna hit the shitter. Like the ad business during recession, he mentioned what you kind of talked about. It goes to Google and Facebook, and we had activist investors, and like we were trying to look at alternative revenue streams. So the Reddit API thing was basically like, okay, what's the hot thing in tech right now? It's AI, right? And where's all the money in tech going? Artificial intelligence. Well, what is it that actually Reddit and Twitter have that they can charge people for? It's the content on their platform, right? And that's proprietary content. And these are large language models that are trained on people writing stuff. And as we've spoken about and I've joked about, you know how good the comments and replies are on Reddit, right? Like it's it's some of the best stuff on the internet. So something I noticed when these uh, a lot of these subreddits went dark yesterday was I was trying to make Google searches where I append my searches with Reddit, right? Like I was reading about uh, a, a history topic I wanted to look at. And then I just put Reddit at the end because you always get these great answers. Everything I clicked on went, went dark. And I'm like, Jesus, it's like my search is no longer work because I want the Reddit response, right? I mean, you do the same with Reddit where you append it to the Google search? Yeah, I do that. I I, I actually just search on Reddit. It's surprising. It works probably oh, you go better straight on, on Reddit, Google. Yeah. But I, I kind of have a thing with being in the app because uh, yeah. when I search on Google and I click through to Reddit, sometimes it asks me to like install the app when I've already got it and it's this annoying thing I, I hate. So that's why I normally do it on there. But yeah, so the, the, reason, the Reddit answers are normally great though yeah, like compared amazing, to right? the regular Google answer. So that just kind of gives like the 50,000 foot levels like Reddit is trying to go public. The ad tech business is hurting. They're trying to find other revenue streams. So they're trying to plug into the AI hype. And But now it comes up to everything you said about this Apollo app, right? So they change their API pricing. And, but the thing I think where people are a little bit upset was the terms that they did it. I think people can understand, listen, you got to make money, right? But they basically said, you have 30 days. You have 30 days to abide by the new API pricing. And the problem is that the Apollo app, a lot of them have annual subscribers. I mean, we talk about Ben Thompson here a lot, but that's what he brought up. He's like, this app, if you have annual subscribers, well, you're just going to cut them off, but they already paid, right? Like how am I going to get refunded? And, um, so I think people are upset about that. And, uh, but the other part I'll bring up is, so that's one part. So that's just the, the business decision, uh, why this came up, it came to a head. But the other part is, I mean, how is Reddit structured? Where are the power users on Reddit, right? Some moderators. And uh, you remember we had our buddy, uh, Rob Gallo on here? Yeah, yeah, the uh, Reddit dude, yeah. Yeah, so for the listeners that may not remember, uh, Gallobob, which uh, Gallaboo, which is a legendary Reddit users, our buddy, um, he's like the I think he's number two right now on Reddit with Karma. So if you're talking to Karma, him, like right now, yeah, I have. So I have. Uh, he sent me some text messages. Here we go. So I got some intel for uh, the listeners for the NIA listeners. I had to get some intel for y'all. So this is what Rob wrote me. Uh, I wrote, I, I'm like Rob, what's going on with this stuff? And he basically he goes like this. He goes. Hey man, it's the usual stuff from Reddit. Uh, Reddit makes a decision. Redditors get angry. Protests erupt. So it sounds like they have gone dark before in the past. Uh, the admins, which by the way are all volunteers, right? These are they're volunteers. And uh, he goes, admins will eventually make things okay, but like they they can they can rattle the cage a bit, right? And uh, but he does say that Reddit has, if they really wanted to, like if this became like an actual issue. They could just kick the mods, moderators off of these subreddits, right? But this is this is where the tension is because what makes Reddit so special is that uh, they've outsourced so much of the work to like these really dedicated individuals. And uh, 
you know, these guys dedicate their lives. They don't get paid, right? They get paid in status versus money. So you could just usurp them entirely. But like, what does it actually do to the community ethos? So like that, you know, there's like a huge balancing act, right? It's like you have free labor, you're paying them in status, but now they're using that status to stonewall the website because you're making a business decision. So what, what, that's what, the key you, thing. What you said there, Trung, is Reddit is such a unique property because it is community based. Like a lot of, you know, people in the last five years have used the word community as like a buzzword, but they are genuinely the community platform, right? And it's, uh, I mean, the other one that comes to mind is like Discord when Discord, you know, primarily had this gaming community on there and then they had this, you know, crypto sub culture community brewing up in the uh, a couple years ago and then they were going to introduce all these features and then those oh, people NFTs, protested right? they're gonna do the exactly NFT stuff. exactly and, and there was this kind crazy. of and then i remember that they had to kind of walk it back with that so there aren't that many you know properties or you know like facebook let's say like yeah facebook users can protest but there's a you know how many two billion users or whatever there yeah. is three billion users <laughs> so it's, they're like yeah. okay if a small community of you know facebook group users uh, no, I, I don't think it's going to have the same impact. Whereas Reddit is, that is, the, the super users are the mods, like you said. They're the ones who make everything function. And if you compare it, I don't know the exact number, but like Facebook spends how much, how many millions on, or probably hundreds of millions on content moderation, oh, right? So billions, dude. Billions, billions, exactly. Yeah. And now like Reddit, I'm assuming pays very little compared to that, if anything, because they have this kind of free um you know incentive based structure where people will work for free essentially so it is a really interesting moment in time i will say from my side like i respect what they're doing i think it's a good thing um especially if it's you know it's one of those things where it's like you can understand from reddit's point of view why they want to make those changes but also it is a community-based platform and you need to make sure everyone's kind of happy with what you're doing there now on reddit's side they kind of have a weird position because if they just give in to this, the Reddit community will know every time they're going to be able to make that protest happen again and make a change. So they're in a bit of a weird position. And I almost think his response, though I didn't listen to the whole thing, even though he's probably being very honest in a way, right? Like normally you would say that's a good thing. But in this case, you kind of think, well, you just you kind of shut yourself in the, the foot. Audience, right? yeah, you got to exactly. Because you're paying them in status. That's exactly. the point. Like, you're paying them. is like, hey, you have this privileged position as like, you know, if you're moderating interesting as fuck, which is one of the greatest subreddits or, or, or next level, right? It's like you're moderating a subreddit with 10, 15, 20 million people. That's status, right? Completely, and, yeah. Uh, the, uh, it's, it's fascinating because it, really, it does really bring the question of, you know, Reddit is such an interesting place and has such interesting repository of information and answers and insights and but is it a good business right it's like how is you it could, that I mean, that's interesting you could say that about a lot of online businesses too yeah yeah it's like well you know it, it, it is a non-profit by choice right uh but i mean you're talking about people that their status is that they get to edit and influence for millions of people they don't get paid very much if at all uh, I think, it's I think it brings up that, no, it is a fascinating incentive structure and design of how you get hundreds of millions of people or billions of people in the case of Wikipedia to use something and then a tiny, tiny 0.0001% like helping actually make it function. It's pretty incredible. At the same time, I think it brings up a bigger question around how many of these businesses have been sustainable through the good years that we've talked about a lot on the show through you know, like here, I'm I'm in Lisbon, I'm seeing all the apps people are using and it's the same stuff, but different names, right? Like Bolt is really big here instead of Uber. Um, and, you know, even like Bolt food delivery versus Uber Eats and stuff like that. Um, and you, you just think like none of these can be making money, I'm, I'm sure, right? Like they're all using the same model, they, they're VC backed. And then at some point they flip a switch and they may be able to make this kind of private equity style change that, makes them profitable on like a 4% margin or something like that, right? So it just feels like that has worked for, for a decade and a half because of the zero interest rate phenomenon, essentially. And now we're getting to a, a place where we're really going to have to rethink the models. And maybe it's going to be a straight up, like you just have to pay for stuff that we got for free before. And it also kind of makes you appreciate someone like a Facebook and Google who have been able to grow to that level with 
just pretty much ads in, in most cases. So it is a it's an interesting kind of time moment in time. Um, I also just think on the last thing on the Reddit side from my side is just I don't know if it's going to make that much a difference just a two day thing. I feel like yeah, if it's happened before, like a lot of people are just going to say, "Oh, I'll wait a couple of days and I'll come back." Um, but I'll yeah, I don't know. Like, do you Trump think fan will be back? Def definitely <laughs> be back. But what do you think it's actually going to make a difference? Do you think Reddit are actually have... going to change? I agree with you that I feel today doesn't feel like a lot. Uh, and listen, I'm just going to pair what Rob uh, wrote me. So super, a former superpower user at Reddit, one of the top moderators ever there. He said that uh, this hap has happened in the past. And he goes, Reddit, just forget about it in a week. Uh, we got a short, short memory case. span now. Yeah, just short memories, right? And, uh, you know, you get, you get the satisfaction of flexing a bit to stick it to uh, the, the current leadership. But... Um, yeah, I think uh, you brought something up good. I mean, you, a good point. You're like, you know, if Reddit caves the management, they're done for, like in the long run, right? If you show that this move can work, it's like you're totally at the whim. If you have any interest in running a true business, you cannot allow that to happen, right? And, and that, that, that is a larger question. This is, is you know, should Reddit just be like Wikipedia? Should, should, should we just make this thing a nonprofit, right? Uh, but clearly, that's not the case. It is a, prof a for profit. It has lots of investors. Uh, people want to cash out, and um, fair enough. It's just, uh, I guess, that interesting. And, and you brought up zero, uh, uh, zero, zero interest rates, and this does feel like part of that phenomenon where you know you're not making a ton of money, so you kind of let the moderators do whatever, and you make the API is not a huge deal, and then you realize, oh wait, these these are a huge deal, uh, uh, and it's a way for us to make money, but. Uh, yeah, I got no other thoughts on that. I guess I'll, the one thing I'll do is we haven't done meeting of the week yet, so I'll just read out yeah. a really, really hysterical Reddit post. Rafa, if you can pull it, it's on my Twitter feed. But um, Yargle is my dad wrote this. And this is just the perfect encapsulation of internet discourse. That's one of my favorite Reddit posts ever. He goes, I remember I got into an argument on Reddit a while ago with a person over Italian food. It got to the point they were following me into other subs to harass me. I clicked on their profile to block them, and their most recent post was of them drinking their own piss on the, on the piss subreddit. At that moment, I realized I had spent so much pointless time arguing about the taste of food with someone who drinks their own piss as a hobby. Incredible. That's a Hall of Fame. That's a Hall of Fame. Yeah, that uh, is internet unbelievable, Hall of Fame man. Uh, but yeah, there we go. So yeah, good Reddit talk. Uh, not an expert. Uh, interesting. Interesting because we all love it. We love the site. Yeah, beautiful. Well, let's see how that turns out. Let's talk about Messi. Lionel Messi, the GOAT of football, a.k.a. soccer, if you're an American listener. Um, I, I don't know how much you followed this, Trung, but um, it's happened in the last kind of like last few weeks. There've, there's been a lot of talk going on about where Messi's going to go. Uh, you know, obviously, for people who aren't following the soccer world, you've obviously probably heard of Messi, but he's he's turning 36, just for context, right? Like, thinking a week or two in end of June. So 36 for a football player is, you know, right at the end of the career. You're pretty much... But he much was just, mind you, he was just, just won the, the World player Cup. of the tournament for the World Cup. Exactly, he won the World right? Cup. He yeah. finished off. He's been playing at Paris Saint-Germain PSG for the last few years. Uh, that was obviously a massive payday for him. He was a legend at Barcelona, which was his club since he was a kid. Um, so this has happened to a lot of big players. They get to this age of, you know, the twilight of their career and they they're looking at uh, someone who isn't messy is looking at how can i make the last buck right and a lot of them go to let's say the mls some go to china some go nowadays to saudi uh so we saw cristiano ronaldo go to saudi in the last year that was you know really six months ago that how was much? a crazy how much I, I, Say I, I, the forgot number. How, I forgot how much he 400 made million i think 400 million insane yeah. yeah so saudi money we're going to get onto saudi why they're you know, where they are as a league and why they're willing to pay this amount of money. Um, How is the but, league, by the way? What, I what, mean, it's, what? from my understanding, I don't know if we have any Saudi listeners or anyone who watches that league, but it's from what I read, it was like the 58th ranked league, right? Like, okay. an, I'm sure the 58th to the 10th is not much of a difference, to be honest. So I don't know even how that ranking works, but it's like not a top league, right? There's big five Which leagues. We, you probably could have assassinated. Well, hey, yeah. 
why don't you tell us the top five leagues? Where does MLS rank? And then there's Saudi. Yeah. So give us and an so, idea. And I, I, honestly, I don't even know that much about MLS, but the, the big leagues are the European leagues. I'm assuming it's the uh, English league, Italian league, Germany, Spain, and then I guess France is normally the fifth one. Um, I would honestly put really those three first, like, uh, well, really the Premier League and Serie, uh, and uh, sorry, the Spanish league. They've normally got the, they're the most competitive. They've got the biggest kind of clubs. And in the last, and then like in Germany, especially Bayern Munich are like this one massive club that wins pretty much every year. English but, league, for example, has which teams? Can you just? I mean, Man City, who just won the Champions League, they just did a treble, and which was the Premier League, FA Cup, and the Champions League in one year, which has only happened in the Premier League once before in 1999. Man United did that, and man, you know, the Premier League is the most competitive. It's the most money in it nowadays. Um, there's probably there used to be a big four now there's a big six now you can even argue there's a big eight so out of 20 teams like half the teams are really really up there and um so yeah you've got liverpool man united arsenal chelsea man city tottenham hotspurs though i would argue they're not in the top uh, teams nowadays but yeah that's just me being a hater so, triggering, yeah, triggering people triggering. so but italian not, and, what about what and about Italy Italian? has AC Milan, Inter Milan, Napoli, Lazio is just okay, done like, really so well this year. So these are names year. that people might know. And then people Spanish heard, has... Uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, um, yeah. Atletico Madrid. They're the three big ones there. So there, there's lots of, I mean, heavyweights within those leagues. But what's happened over the last, like, I guess, five to eight years, a lot of the TV money has gone to the Premier League. And what that, what's happened with that is the smaller teams become richer. And so the mid-table team in the British Premier League, in the English Premier League, can now go out and look for players that only the top teams in those other leagues could compete for in the past, right? So they're paying big wages, they're paying big transfer fees, and the, because of television, because of this crazy television deal that media happened, media rights, media, media rights, rights, yeah, exactly. And then simultaneously, Europe has been in a bit of chaos, right? Not just football leagues, but also uh, the economies, and specifically with football, like Spain, Barcelona have been in a terrible financial position. So they have got an incredible stadium, incredible history. Uh, but in the last like few years, they've just run into crazy trouble where they're having to pay people off. Uh, and so, yeah, they've got a lot of financial problems. So that means a lot of the top talent has gone to, let's say, the Premier League and then a few of those elite teams, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and then in the French League, Paris Saint-Germain, because they're owned by, I think, the Qataris or an, one of the Arab kind of oil money states. I think, I think it is Qatar. I think it is Qatar. Yeah, yeah, Qatar, exactly. And so they've got Neymar, Messi and Mbappe, like three of the world's superstars in one team and they still haven't won the Champions League, which is crazy. But that is kind of the, the background of where we are. Now, Saudi Arabia, you know, actually to their, um, to their defense, incredible football nation in terms of like people love sports there apparently and they, are, they have like, I think, pretty big stadiums. And people go to the, watch the games. It's not just Didn't like... Did they beat Argentina in the World Cup? I can't. In maybe the they did. Maybe they, I they can't did, even right? remember. But they've, they've always had like a good tradition of in being in the World Cup. And, you know, so I've always been like really happy when they're in the World Cup. I think it's cool because you don't want just European teams and South American teams like doing well in those cups, right? But... Yeah, but they did, they, dude. They, they beat Argentina. That so, was... Uh, yeah, yeah. Just I to your now, point. Okay. To Bilal's point. Saudi Arabia, they have a football tradition, right? Yeah, they, they beat, have a football tradition. They beat the champions in the first game of the and World Cup. Go, Argentina. People go to the games, they watch the games, and it is a well-supported you know, supported league within their country. So that is already a great thing. But what they're trying to do, obviously, beyond um, what you know, we know with MBS and all the stuff that's been happening at the geopolitical level, they have been investing like crazy to diversify out of industries that are not just related to oil, so they've, you know, obviously spent a lot of money investing in tech through, I think, SoftBank and uh, massive yeah. uh, companies like that. Uh, and they've been trying to change the perception of Saudi Arabia being more progressive. We've talked about sports washing on the show before. We had Beyond, the homie Joe Pompliano exactly, on here talking about it. Exactly. And so now we're at a stage where you've got, you know, teams like Man City, Paris Saint-Germain, who are essentially, you know, Man City is also owned by Abu Dhabi Group, I think. And so, which is basically Abu Dhabi state. And so they are now becoming the most successful. They've won like five out of the six uh, Premier Leagues and they've just won the Champions League. It's kind of, you kind of can't compete with them. It's really tough. Um, and there's already this discussion happening of this state money versus just regular billionaire money, which is kind of funny in itself. 
right? Because all of the other Premier League teams are owned by billionaires. It's not like it's some, you know, fan-owned thing most of the time. Um, so that is happening already. But then we've got, actually, you know, there was a Chinese Super League that was trying to pop off and they were trying to lure, you know, big names to go towards the end of their career. And they might have got a few big names, but not, not really anyone I can remember. Saudi Arabia, though, has actually put their foot on the pedal in the last year. So they got Ronaldo, obviously legend of the game. Now they just got Benzema, Kareem Benzema. He's the reigning Ballon d'Or winner. Ballon d'Or is like the best player of the year for last year, right across the world, pretty much. And he, because I think he won the Champions League and he's, you know, he's a French legend, incredible player, but he is also towards the end of his career, right? But realistically, he could have gone to another decent team like he could he's leaving Real Madrid he could go to one of the top five teams top five leagues but he's choosing to go there I don't know how much he's making but I'm assuming it's I crazy I think it's three four hundred mil three, it's, 400 it's mil. ridiculous exactly yeah. there's another guy uh, N'Golo Kante who won everything you know he's a great French midfielder plays for Chelsea won the Premier League with Leicester in that season and then has won everything since then World Cup Champions League etc he's now apparently going as well so they are actually getting some big names, even if it's the end of their career, but they're paying them crazy bank, right? It doesn't make sense for a... We haven't even mentioned yet, like, the, the, the comparisons with what they did with Live Golf, right? Like, we're not yeah, going to yeah. get into it, but they spent... It's a great They point. offered Tiger Woods $800 million. Tiger Woods said no. They offered uh, Rory McIlroy $500 million. And McIlroy said no, but... But now but they've just merged, Kopka, right? Yeah, took $200 million. Phil Mickelson took $500 mil, And they took all these players and they merged... There, there's actually some antitrust stuff, but like uh, I actually don't think the merger is going to go through. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, but we don't have to talk about that. But the whole point is, this is all a setup to this. Yeah. Saudi Arabia offered Lionel Messi 1.6 billion reportedly over three years. Insane. And Messi said no. Yeah. He's going to MLS to Miami, Inter Miami, which yeah. is partially owned by David Beckham. Uh, yeah. We covered and, that when when uh, Joe Pomp was on the show. Yeah, Joe the, has been arguably, dropping all the crazy. I'll give you the best sports deal of all time. Why right. don't you talk through what David Beckham did and how that's a setup for what is going on yeah, with Messi? Yeah, and I, I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but essentially when David Beckham went to the MLS, it was really early. There weren't as many superstars going there. I think it was 07. He went to LA yeah. Galaxy. And it was a massive move. It was, you know, the first time a superstar like that was coming there. Pele. The TOD... Don't forget Pele did oh, it with yeah, the okay. Cosmos the, in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. But the TODR there is David Beckham essentially took less up front to have more upside in the future. And one of the big parts of the deal was he had the ability to buy a franchise in any uh, market, essentially any part of the country for a fixed price. And this is when the price is kind of like, if you think of like stocks, it, um, like the option to buy stocks at a company when you're, you're working in a company, yeah, yeah. we're not worth much right now. We're a startup in the future. We're going to be way worth way more. That's the bet. But today, you're, we're going to give you this strike price and yeah. in the future you'll keep that price. So that's kind of what happened with Beckham. Well, and now actually, it's I'll like, tell you exactly. You, you, that's you such a, I didn't numbers? even think about that comparison. I, I do know the numbers from, yeah. from Joe. Uh, it was the average team at that time, I think the five most recent new franchises were, were 10 million to join. So 10 Crazy. million, so nothing. But they actually, to your point, the strike price that they gave David Beckham, they said 25 million. So yeah. it's actually a Higher multiple than the current, yeah. of the thing. But to your point, that was 16 years ago. So Inter Miami joined in 2020. David Beckham bought it at a 25 million valuation. It joined, and it's already worth 600 million dollars. And it was pretty much so, instantly worth more, right? Yeah, and then instantly. now it's already six. Yeah. And now with what's happening with Messi, that is, you know, obviously going to raise the the ceiling even more. So, and we talked about on the show comparisons to Premier League teams and other big teams, those are always in the billions of, of dollars, yeah. essentially. So there's a lot more upside. Obviously, the MLS isn't the Premier League yet, but it is the world's biggest market. You know, uh, there's um, a huge sports culture within the US, but soccer is not seen to be one of the top sports. So that is the perception they're hoping to change. But already, just by... We're going to go into the details of the deal with Messi in a second, but just by him joining and announcing this, from what I can see... The impact on Inter Miami, already 6 million new Instagram followers, a 4,500 increase in merch sales, third best-selling team on Fanatics, 1,200% um, uh, jump in ticket prices because they went from like $50 to like 500 or something like that on the secondary sales, I'm assuming. And then the, probably they're, they're looking at 2 to 3x more revenue this year alone. So 
just a crazy boost to that team and the MLS as a whole. Well, let's talk about, uh, you mentioned it. It's like, what, okay, MLS, you kind of did the tiers of leagues. MLS is in a massive market. And I think a lot of people uh, are like, you know what? MLS is going to replace the NHL as a fourth big league now, right? The NBA, NFL, MLB, uh, baseball, football, and basketball. Now you're going to have MLS in the place of NHL, which is, I guess you could criticize NHL and be like, nobody really cares about hockey, but that's kind of where it's going. But to your point about, I mean, we talk about live sports, right? In the age of 2023, TikTok, YouTube, Netflix, internet, 24-7. What really matters is live sports, these assets. What are some things that cannot be tape delayed and yeah. that you, you were willing to be paid for, And you're right? not just watching the summary, like you're watching yeah. the 90 minutes you're game. You're watching it. So that's why Apple TV, and this now we're getting into how did MLS convince uh, exactly Messi because they have a salary cap and yeah. there's only so much they can get. They can't pay him out of pocket $500 million a year. That's just yeah, and not just, allowed. And just to remind us what you said, the deal on offer, I think, was 1.5 billion euros, so $1.6 uh, dollars or whatever, over three years from Saudi. Cash. The cash. No tax, pretty much, right? Because yeah. Saudi is no tax. So that's, that's, you're set. You're done already. But on, on this side, he's getting, I think, between 125 to 150 over two and a half years. So was that 10 50, times 50, less? 50 million, 10 times less base. Base. But he makes it all, just like you said, Dave Beckham, on the back end. Exactly. Or on ex residuals. And this is where it gets interesting. So these are the three main pieces. The first main piece is Apple TV, which signed a 10-year, $2.5 billion deal with MLS to stream uh, the soccer games. They are going to cut Messi and this is what we talked about in our text. This is the craziest thing. This is groundbreaking. This, yeah, has, this never has never happened before. A media yeah. network paying a single player directly, right? So the comp is that people bring up is that, oh, Michael Jordan was paid by Nike to do the shoes. Yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah, but that... And that, that, that's that one of the Nike. three elements here, yeah. right? But this is not... So just to let's summarize this... It'd be this, like if NBC the, paid Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. It's like if NBC paid him. Because just trying real quick, just so people know what's coming. There's the TV rights, the subscription one, the merchandise, you know, Adidas in this case, or Jordan, Nike, and then there's the MLS League. So those are three players. We can go through yeah. each one. You already um, touched MLS, right? About 50 mil salary. But Jordan and one would be the closest to like the merch deal. Like they, yeah, he yeah, got a great exactly. merch deal. He got upside. That made him a billionaire. But he's getting it three ways. So that we can go back to the Apple stream. <laughs> he's, getting he's getting it three ways. ways you know yeah. I mean? That's going to be clipped. Jesus Christ. Uh, so uh, but yeah, sorry. So Apple already have invested. So yeah, look, Apple, the world's you know most valuable company. They're not. They're no idiots. They've invested in MLS. They're investing in the rights. It cost them two. What was it two and a half billion dollars? Billion over ten years. Over yeah. ten years. So crazy amount of money. They are giving him direct percentage upside. Right. Well, that did, is did you insane. Uh, we need to talk about this. Yeah. Apple is subsidizing Inter Miami's salary. Exactly. I want you to think about how in, you're talking about competition in leagues. Yeah. You think about this. Think about how insane this is. It'd be like if Netflix bought an NBA team and there's a salary cap, but they're like, you know what? We're going to get around the salary cap. We're going to sign all these players. Like We're going to get LeBron. We're going to get Kevin Durant. We'll get Jokic. We'll pay them $1 million a year to be under the salary cap. But we're all just going to pay them directly from the money we made. What does that mean for competition? I want to think about it's, how insane, no, it's insane this is, right? Yeah. No, it's like... And, and the interesting the, thing here is, the, Trunk, league. the MLS, the other teams are happy because they know this oh, yeah, is going to rise. Yeah, everything's yeah. going to rise up from a player like Messi joining. Obviously, competitively, I don't know enough about MLS teams. I think to they're know like the 20... They're not a good team. They're not but a good team I, at the moment, yeah. I want to say this one thing. You brought up a great... I was wrong because I said something and you just rebutted it immediately. It's like I said, this is anti-competitive. But like you brought up a good point. Everybody's happy. Because this is the reality. There's really one or two players in any sport that could command this, right? And but if so, everybody else. In I want to get to that in like, a minute because I, I I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. If anyone could, because obviously there's LeBron, there's Steph Curry in basketball, but the appeal of I think the difference here is is that this might be a football, one on one. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a one on one as well. Let's just talk yeah. about it now. Actually, we can come back to the deal, but I just feel like football, soccer is the world sport. 
and the US is the biggest market where it isn't the number one sport. And so there's a massive upside there of yeah. commercial upside. And that is the difference between... It's a one-on-one, -on -one. you're right. This is not... He's a global superstar that is, you know, more people know who Messi is than LeBron, even though for American listeners, Correct. they're like, what are you talking about? Correct. Right, if you just look at number of followers and, you know, the appeal of Spanish language speaking, China, like there's more people follow football and soccer than uh, follow basketball. Um, now there's all, so the equivalent would be like LeBron going to like China or somewhere where yeah. if China in 10 years was the world's biggest economy and was, you know, you know, they, they, we were saying, all right. Like he's, you're, you're not going to care about competition. Is the exactly. Point. The people exactly. in those leagues aren't going to be like, oh, it's ruining the competitive. And first of all, they already do that, right? Like NBA, former yeah. NBA players go there all the time. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. But as you're talking, I think this is what I've settled on. This is such a rare thing that the formula is not going to be replicated by many people, right? This is like the Mr. Beastification of sports. Like Mr. Beast, if you command attention, we talk, this is why I wish Jack was here. This is right down to me. If you command attention, you do whatever you want, right? And the reality, there's only half a dozen of people like this in the entire world. Um, I think a recent one, actually, that is very, we should talk about her next week, is Taylor Swift. She is reportedly going to make half a billion dollars from her latest tour. And uh, Wow, that's insane. So, yeah, dude. And, and, but here's Go the thing. What did, what did Taylor Swift do with Spotify? When she pulls her music yeah. or she says, oh, no, you pay these people or pay these artists, she can actually shut down or, or actually not, not necessarily shut down. She can influence Spotify, like singularly influence Spotify, right? Uh, and she has done that in the past. So there's only, I think the point that I'm trying to make and that you brought up and I'm trying to uh, ride the coattails on is like, yeah, this is not, it is a whole new paradigm. It is insane. But whereas Michael Jordan, people followed on him. Like there's been dozens of athletes that got have comparable, not comparable, but like have tried to get a Jordan type package. And they have, they've got paid uh, uh, to get uh, a piece of the, uh, the merch pie, uh, uh, some equity. But like this example with the media rights, which sits above the leagues, like paying directly into that guy. Yeah, it's a one of one, man. Maybe one of three. And I will say that I, I think a lot of people are asking, why do you do this? Why do you turn it down? Obviously, the upside is way higher. I think my, my personal opinion without knowing him is just hearing him speak about it. There's a few things. First of all, he's going to be fine either way, right? Like he's going to yeah, make yeah. money either way. He's going he's gonna to basically be a billionaire either way right now, right? So that's, I feel like in his head, he's already the GOAT. It doesn't make too much of a difference. The second thing is he's mentioned this. I don't know, which has actually been controversial, is he's talked about the lifestyle change, right? Like going to Miami, a Spanish-speaking guy in a Spanish-speaking market, essentially. How far is Buenos Aires from exactly. Miami? Was that exactly. A four or five it's hour a few flight? hours. You know exactly. He's going to have fans that are native to South America, Latino, like all that market is, that is the market of the US. So it makes perfect sense in that way. Um, so that's a really interesting thing as well. But also just for his family, like the people who move in there with him, to put it bluntly, like they can't live the lifestyle that they would want in Saudi Arabia. Well, he and said that. He that's says what he, he didn't said, want his exactly. family. Yeah. That, and, that's like, and, well, how's and that I controversial? Think why it was contro yeah. Well, the reason it was controversial is because he was on the Saudi committee. Oh, or he was he's on, on the, he's a, you're right. He's getting he's that bag. He's a tourist ambassador. That's what it is. 33 yeah. million. Years. Okay, you're that's right. That's what it is. Yeah. So I'm he's like, getting that tourist. You that, right? You yeah, should yeah, drop yeah. that. You like, kind of you know, got to like, like allow it. Yeah. Don't take the money. He should do that. Just don't take the money. Exactly. So um, that was that was it. And another thing is apparently, and this might be my memory getting uh, getting to me here, but the, the Saudis are also bidding for a future World Cup. And yeah. I think maybe Argentina are also doing it. So there was this kind of political ah. thing of probably people on his side were like, hey, look, we need to make sure uh, we get this from our side as well. So there's a lot of factors here. Um, the other thing to mention, actually, since we're talking about World Cup, is the, the World Cup is going to be in in America, right? In North America. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the oh, next yeah, one. Oh, yeah, that's huge. So this that's is another huge. massive, if you think of like headwinds and tailwinds, like this is a massive positive for the sport of football, soccer in the US, of just awareness that's coming from someone with Messi, Apple investing with the subscription. Um, and, you know, Messi is going to bring other people, right? Like a few of his boys are already talking about coming. I think Sergio who, who? Busquets. I think Sergio Busquets, who's like a legendary Barcelona midfielder, like arguably the best in that that Bro, position. They're gonna, it's Miami. They're going to be uh, they're having a good time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
and by this point, you know, they are at the end of the career. So that's the only thing I'll say is it is still kind of that same level of player in terms of their status, their state of their career. But there's just more of them doing it, right? And there, yeah. there's big names like Perlo, I remember, came. Thierry Henry came. Ibrahimovic came. These are like big, big names. But they came at the end of their career. Um, and that's kind of like the, the discussion, right? Like because Messi knows he's the GOAT, I think by this point he can go and not worry about his legacy, right? His, because yeah, yeah. Uh, if he went he a few years ago, like yeah. Ronaldo would be saying, well, I'm not there in my, you know, he's playing at 38 or something in Saudi now, but he was playing in the Premier League like six months ago, right? And that's a crazy thing in itself because most players will, by 32, you're done. Like 32, yeah. 33 and 38, like there's a few of them playing at that level. Like Luka Modric is 37, you know, playing in like the Champions League semifinal it's, and the World Cup. But most players at that level, their legs have gone. So they can't yeah. really play at the same level. So, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. It's cool to see. For me, I'm just a fan of sport in general. So for me, if another market is getting more competitive, that's a good thing. I'm, I'm still, I feel like I haven't fully processed this idea of a player getting that much upside. Because generally, you know, we're all about everyone getting their bag, everyone getting the upside. Uh, you know, we talk about it in the, you know, normal celebrities getting a percentage upside, not just being the face of the whiskey drink or whatever, but owning a part of the whiskey drink. Obviously, we're fans of that. But I think what it's doing to football is the part that I haven't fully processed. Right when well, do you know what? I yeah, have, no, go ahead, go ahead, finish, finish no, no. your thought. What, what I was gonna say is like if those level of players actually start going, the, the big one for me will be if someone in their prime actually goes. Yeah, which yeah, I don't yeah. see happening really because at that level they just they want to win, they want to show. They want the legacy, best. right? They want. They want the, legacy. Yeah. You you and nailed now, it, man. Yeah, I mean, it. right now that I mean the interesting one, Mbappe, who is you know arguably the, you know top three players in the world, he's now said he's not gonna stay at Paris Saint Germain like after his contract ends in a year. And now that is one of the biggest stories in football because where's he going to go? Is he going to go to Real Madrid? Who's going to be able to afford him? And then you're going to, obviously someone like Saudi is going to say, look, we're going to pay you whatever you want to come. And at one point, will someone like Mbappe go? And that's the interesting thing because, I mean, it, if he went to Saudi now, it'd be ridiculous. Like, it would that's the be like him playing that against kids, truly, right? Yeah, that would yeah, be it, truly, well, let, let me address what you're saying. Uh, as you're as you were mentioning that last point about you're trying to wrap your head around it, let me introduce this and I think why but it will be my final thought on this whole MLS thing, uh, why this does feel like a one on one or, or or very rare. It's like here's how I think I'm thinking about it. You know how like sports leagues change rules? Like uh in basketball in the early two thousands, they changed defensive rules to make it easier for the offensive players to score, right? It makes the game more watchable. Uh, because yeah, what people have to remember at the end of the day, these are all these are it's all media. It's, it's all entertainment. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's entertainment. Baseball this year, they put a shot clock or the equivalent of a shot clock for pitching. You have to throw the pitch within 20 seconds or it's a ball, right? Or if you have to be in the batter's box uh, uh, within X amount of seconds or it's a strike. Like speeding up the game. So I see this messy move in the same vein. You're bending the rules, in this case, management. And, and team building Financial versus roles the field as well, yeah. to lift the entertainment value of everything, right? So I think that's how, man, yeah, that, that's, that, that's yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And no, it's, it's really, it's a fascinating deal. It'll be cool to see how it plays out over time now because, and, and I think more, you know, we talk a lot about like the secondary uh, effects um, of all of these things, like what happens. Like to me, the contract size is the part I'm kind of interested in because you know, if he, he turned down the massive, massive deal, but if someone else in their 30th year, let's say they're 31, they can still probably play in the Premier League or something like that. But they might be saying, well, if I can earn five times more in one year, that you know, and I, I, I'm not against them doing that, right? Like I'm always for, that. we don't know their situation. They, they, a uh, sports career is short, right? Like you get like 10, yeah. 15 years, 10, 12 years to really make money to last you and your family for the rest of your life. A lot of these pe people come from super poor backgrounds, right? And they, they are supporting just get one the guy. bag. Sometimes just get, get the bag. bag. Yeah, it's like generational yeah. wealth for your whole family. Like, obviously, we're about that. But at the same time, there, there is something there which is it's not all about money, obviously, right? Like sports is partly about money from the business side because that's how it, it survives and thrives. 
But for the player side, if it's just about money, it becomes super boring. And it, uh, you're optimizing for money. You can start sensing the soul of the game going. And that is yeah. the, the interesting thing, especially with me being both, both of us, I'm sure. We're both sports fans, but we're also massive fans of technology and new things. And sports is all about the nostalgic nature of what it was like when you watched it as a kid with well, your you dad or whoever. Well, you mentioned a bunch of times. Like, you keep saying legacy, right? It's like, yeah. as fans. That's what we, we care about. I get you. We care about it, right? But it's like your point. Bragging rights. If somebody, if somebody drops a hundred mil in your face, like us, like, oh, it, yeah. it's so easy to talk about legacy because we don't have to make that choice, yeah. right? It, exactly, exactly. And I think what's cool, just to summarize on Messi, he's getting it all. Like he is the GOAT. Oh, yeah. He's already proved it. He's won everything. He's won the World Cup finally. At you know, old age, you know, relatively old. And now he dominates America. Like that's and now he's going to come here and change the game. Then he's going to transition to his next chapter. This is what people have to understand about America. And you, you touched on earlier. You said it's the biggest market. This happens in everything. People, and you know, a lot of the European listeners are going to be like, "Strong kick rocks." Listen, I'm Canadian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying facts yeah. here. Yeah. When you're the best in in any entertainment field you do, and I'm counting sports, music, uh, television, film. Everyone wants to win in the United States. This yeah, is just that's, the reality. That's true. It's true. You look at the biggest mm. stars in any in any regional like action star. Look at look at the main. Go to India. Go to go to China. Go to Southeast Asia. Look at the biggest stars in those places. They all want to break through in America. Yeah. Right. All right. Jackie it's interesting Chan, because traditionally football. Sorry, sorry, football, soccer hasn't necessarily been like that, right? Because if you if I think of just the last like 20, 30 years, the best players that have come out, a few of them came, but a lot of them didn't. And they no, were but like, the whoa. whole point is this. But I now think, I think yeah. it's not even about the game. He wants to be, this is a his face. foothold in America. That's right? it. This is your, like, this is your so America that, guy. Like even David Beckham, he came for sports, but really it was his brand. It was, yeah, I'm it's David Beckham. Brand. He was yeah. already known in America, obviously. He was super famous by that point. But I'm saying like even... Thierry Henry and like the, those yeah. old guys like now I mean Thierry Henry is on a TV show doing TV punditry oh, for so CBS. Oh, was it Fox? Yeah. Uh, I think it's CBS and they the... did the Champions League final. It's actually the best show on on uh, in football because there's him, uh, Mika Richards and Jamie Carragher and they're very funny. Like they purposely lean into funny. They'd make these little TikTok shorts and Kate Abdo is the uh, host. She's great as well. And it's just really, it's actually quite cool to see because to me, the style of it is so fun. It's, it's so much more internet native, but they're three, you know, kind of like legends in their own ways. Right? They know, they know Sorry, what they're talking about. They know what they're talking about. Yeah. I mean, like some of the best players, like two of them have won Champions League. And, um, and so it's kind of an interesting dynamic to see that happen where, because in the last, you know, like sports punditry is so boring, right? Like a lot of the time, the interviews after, most of the time, they're super boring. They ask the same dumb questions. They'll, they'll say like, what does it feel like to win? And it's like, okay, what was the point <laughs> of that? That's why this fan media has become so big, right? Like uh, I'm sure for sports you follow, oh, it's, it's also big. But for, the biggest podcasts are all former or all, former or current players. Oh, so and that's it. So for what I'm saying though, is the opposite is uh, it's uh, non-players where it's literally just like fan that became yeah, so okay, big yeah, yeah. that they were then going on TV. But there are Arsenal, a few. Yeah, the Arsenal, Arsenal fan TV. Well, no, but you're, you're, well. I'm talking about your I'm talking about your blog that's that could have been the that's it. But, uh, but there's there's like, you know, for me it's Ask Blog. He's the biggest sports blogger pretty much out there. That he's got a massive podcast. And you've got Arsenal Fan TV where they go and interview people after the game. And he started there's a guy, Robbie Lyle, incredible story with him as well. They would just interview people for like three to five minutes after the game and say wild stuff. And it's the same thing your friend would say in the pub after the game, you know? It's like all oh, your friend says at work. And that was a whole new form of fan media, which is super cool. And now the old kind of legacy media were just trying to replicate that. And now yeah. I'm saying like those famous footballers are actually almost playing that role, but on TV. So it's, you, they're kind of coming together. So anyway, I think that was a, 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 a we're going on a tangent there. Meaty. But that was meaty. That was meaty. Really interesting. So anything else on Messi going to Miami um, before we wrap that one up, Trunk? No, I'm good, man. That was meaty. That was a good one. Do, do you want to quickly talk about Jurassic Park to, to wrap us up, Yeah, man? let's hit that up. Let's hit it up. The 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park just went down. Tell me, when's the last time you watched Jurassic Park? Mm, probably like 20 years ago. I mean, yeah. not a, lo a long time, but a classic. I mean, it was one of my favorites growing up, for sure. 
It was, it was just... It was like Home just... Alone and uh, Jurassic Park, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just said, that's the one-two combo, right? That was the best, yeah. Next Friday, but that was a few years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, next Friday. Do you remember next Friday, man? Yeah. That yeah, was like dude. such well, a stunning movie. Is the OG, right? Oh, yeah, Friday is the original, but for some reason I... I didn't. I watched next Friday before I watched Friday. I think it was my age. Like I got, and then I eventually watched Friday after next. Great, great trilogy that is. I'll just anyway, drop, man. I'll just drop some stuff on JP. Yeah. Stop me at any point if you want to expound on it. Yeah. But uh, Steven Spielberg, obviously, uh, one of the greatest directors ever, filmed uh, Jurassic Park in 1993, and at that time when he made that film, the highest-grossing movie ever was E.T., which was Steven Spielberg. That was 1982. So uh, 11 years later, uh, JP comes out and it ends up making $914 million. Uh, it, was a, it was a number one box office hit ever. And But that, that's not the interesting thing to me. The interesting thing, and uh, we talked about it before the podcast, was um, the technology. That was the first movie that really used CGI. Like James Cameron in 1989 with The Abyss and 1991 with terminator dude you remember t1000 right bro oh my god terminator sorry i got put terminator in that same terminator that 2 sorry terminator 2 yeah yeah 1991 that the terminator one? yeah 2? i mean i think it was terminator 2 that that's was the uh... one with the liquid metal yeah oh incredible yeah yeah, yeah. so like yeah. that is that, that like 96 group... or something no 91 91 oh damn okay sorry so yeah, they yeah. they started playing around with cgi and uh it, steven spielberg so jurassic park was written by michael Crichton, who Fun fact, fan about Michael Crichton. You've, do you, have you read any Michael Crichton books? No. In the 90s, no one dominated culture like Michael Crichton. So I'm going to throw some facts. We're talking about media entertainment. In 1995, Michael Crichton was the first person ever to have the number one book, the number one movie, and the number one uh, television show in America. Dude, think about that. That's why. Movie, what? book, television show three ways again there we go yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the title of this yeah. episode yeah. yeah three ways no but here's the crazy thing he did it again the next year so the tv show is er which is about his time uh he wrote about because people may not know but michael crane was a harvard trained medical doctor before he became a writer dude animal i love those people that just yeah, take dude, a massive animals pivot. dude what a legend the harvard medical school becomes a writer so the book in 1995 was Congo. The movie, sorry, the movie was Congo. The TV show was ER. I think the book was Disclosure. And then the next year, it was ER, The Lost World was the book, which also became a movie, the sequel to Jurassic Park. And the movie was Twister. So this guy's an animal, right? Michael Crane. Steven Spielberg is what Michael Crane said. I only want Steven Spielberg to make Jurassic Park. So Steven Spielberg gets it. And basically what happens, though, is Steven Spielberg didn't intend to use CGI. He had seen James Cameron's Terminator 2, but he didn't realize that it could be done for dinosaurs. He's like, yeah, you know what? That's a human liquid metal. Maybe not yet. We'll just do stop motion animatronics. But they ended up doing it for Jurassic Park. And it was so good that the legacy for the CGI in Jurassic Park was probably the second most impactful legacy in Hollywood history. The first one, late 20s was when they added sound to movies. But after Jurassic Park, George Lucas saw it. And he's like, oh, this CGI is real. I'm going to go make my Star Wars prequels. And then Stanley Kubrick, famous director, uh, saw that. 2000, he made 2001 Space Odyssey. He's like, I'm going to make my movie AI. And then the last one, I know you're going to love this. Peter Jackson saw Lord of the... Uh, he's like, I'm going to make Lord of the Rings because of how good the CGI is from Jurassic Park. So uh, yeah, dude. Hugely important Incredible. movie, thirtieth thirtieth anniversary last Sunday. So people trying to watch a movie, go go hit that. Legendary, yeah. I actually just watched the like the Spielberg movie on himself. What was it called again? Did, did... Oh, Fableman. I didn't yeah, yeah. How did is you that? watch it? I thought it no, was I great. I kind of really? went in not knowing too much about it, and it was. I watched it in a theater too, so it was it was actually really good. I, I mean, uh dude. So did you just say you saw the Fableman in theater? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. It was it was actually better than I thought it was going to be. I kind of went in not knowing too much. I didn't even know what it was about until Wait, I got in there. in theaters, though. Yeah, in theaters, yeah, yeah. When? Just the full, the full deal. I think whenever it came out, a few months ago, maybe it was in the last six months. I have no sense of time right now. But <laughs> it was actually, it was one of those where I'm like in the theater. I think my girlfriend had said, like, let's go watch uh, this movie. And I was like, all right, cool. 
And then I just read the IMDb summary when I was in the theater of like, I have no idea what this is even about. Um, and so it was actually really cool. I thought it was like a really cool portrayal. And it's like a coming of age story about the first time he got into cameras and shooting movies. And uh, yeah, anyone who's had a creative passion themselves, whether that's like writing like you and me, uh, or you know whatever it is, you you'll recognize that kid and be like, oh yeah. When everyone was like, why is that kid writing in the corner or shooting videos, and you didn't know what why you were doing it at the time, and you look at someone like him who became you know arguably the best the best uh, director of all time or top three or whatever. Uh, it's kind of cool just to see like how how he portrays that story. It's pretty First cool. First eight Billy. Eight. That's yep. insane. As Bro, well. let me let me because you legend. talk about Tableman youth and you talk yeah, about yeah, like yeah. You, you see somebody create. So watch that Tableman like Bilal said, and you'll see the youth. Steel Drummers with eight billion dollars, man. That's wild. I do. People, I feel like a lot of people don't know that. I didn't Bro, know that. You don't know that, man. So, uh, let me let me tell you about. Uh, Is it just because of some, all the upside in movies, or was there something else? Tons of. I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that was insane. He cut a deal with Universal Pictures, that they would give him a two percent royalty. You know, a 2% consulting fee. Consulting. Mm. This is just consulting. On any money they made on theme parks. This is oh just for consulting. Because this sounds this like is, a messy deal to me, man. <laughs> dude, exactly. Yeah. We're, we come full circle. So this is part of, like, Universal really wanted to make uh, 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 a Jurassic Park with him. And there, there's, there's Jurassic Park rides at Universal. And you'll notice it. But just know that Steven Spielberg is getting a fat cut Every time you go on one of those rides. And the last thing I'll say about him, is, and he's also literally some of the most successful movies ever, right? E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, way more. Uh, actually, you'll love this one. He did a deal with George Lucas. They, when, he, when George Lucas was making Star Wars, Steven Spielberg was making Close Encounters of the Third Kind, both alien movies, or alien space movies, right? And then George Lucas was like, I'm not feeling too hot about Star Wars. And you're Steven Spielberg, you made Jaws in 1975, like you're my homie. Why don't we switch royalty agreements? I'll take 2.5% of Star Wars and you get 2.5% of Close Encounters. So no way. Spielberg gets 2.5% of Star Wars because that's the deal that's they That's crazy. Yeah, how funny is that? They're, they're boys, but, right? Do you know what's interesting though, Trung? Is like we've, you know, obviously we talk about percentages on the show a lot, but just. Like we've talked about Messi and we've just talked about Spielberg. Like that's how they made their, they're going to be making their fortune essentially. That is just, well, first of all, they got really, really good at what they're known for, right? That's the first step. But just, it is kind of an interesting parallel that between two people that you wouldn't even think have anything in common. That's how you make that real break. Exactly. You know, the percentage well, I, upside. And also he, has a, he had a, he had a freaking film studio, Dreamworks, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. So like uh, the, the very last thing I'll say is, have you seen Schindler's List? I have, yeah, yeah. A long time Obviously ago. Obviously a super heavy Holocaust movie. Yeah, incredible. Spielberg though, yeah. made Schindler's List and Jurassic Park in the same year. What? Think about that. <laughs> That's <laughs> insane. Think about that. He finished filming Jurassic what, he, Park. Just how long did the, the movie take even? I think normally uh, they take years. I think Jurassic Park, uh, the filming of it was yeah. uh, maybe a couple months. So he finishes Damn. filming Jurassic Park, finishes filming it, goes to post-production, finishes most of the post-production, and then immediately start Schindler's List. And the reason he immediately started Schindler's List was he wanted to film in Poland during the winter. So he had finished Jurassic Park in the fall. He's like, if I don't film now, I'm going to have to wait a full year to do Schindler's List. And I, I feel like creatively I need to do it now. But here's the kicker. So first of all, Schindler's List won Best Director, his only Best Director win ever, and Best Picture. One of the greatest movies ever. One of the most powerful movies ever. He didn't take a dollar for that. Every dollar that goes into that film goes to the Holocaust Memorial in DC, I believe. Oh, I didn't realize um, that either. Yeah, so yeah, respect. Not like he needs it, but like it was such a personal movie to him. He spent ten years to make that movie about the Holocaust. But the thing I'll say is this, which is amazing. Going back to George Lucas, and we can end on this. If you have, uh, if you don't have any other thoughts, is how nice is it to have a George Lucas as a good friend? Because when he's like, I got to film Schindler's List, he calls up George Lucas, like George, can you finish the sound editing on Jurassic Park for me? Way it and takes, George Lucas man. did. You know what I mean? How crazy is that? No, he called that's George incredible. Lucas to finish the sound editing. They just oh, come up goodness. together though, right? Those two? Yeah, they came up together. That's amazing.
Well, yeah, man, that's a great recap of all that stuff. Thanks for sharing that, Trunk. I feel we can uh, close it out here. Anything else on that before we say it, bye-bye? It's dog days of summer, but we're, we're going to keep coming, delivering for you Yeah, listeners. this was fun. I, I think we covered it. I think the Reddit one was great and then the, the messy stuff as well. Oh, and then meaty, rounding out meaty. here. This was perfect, man. So hopefully Trunk, uh, sorry, hopefully Jack's uh, around next week and we'll be able to record all three of us. But yeah, understandable. He had a, a last minute thing he had to go and deal with so um anyway i hope you guys enjoyed that we'll be here um next week for you guys i will also say big shout out to last episode i mentioned i was going to be in lisbon and a few listeners from lisbon reached out and we're trying to meet up i'll try my best to to do a little thing oh, if i can lisbon but listeners? yeah apparently so yeah so that'll be fun but it is a little bit hard because we're jumping around so much but i will try my best to do that and uh yeah fingers crossed uh that happens it's been a really fun few weeks here as well been meeting some really cool people beautiful city and uh i know you had a great little european summer vibe just going on as well, well dude if i if i met up any nia listeners in athens you know how it would have gone i would have met them had four drinks in 30 there minutes go. and then gone home <laughs> god had a shawarma on the way home <laughs> yeah. anyway that's the way to do it man that's living a good life so yeah appreciate you guys being here I will see you guys next week. Yeah. Cheers. Peace out.